Uh, I've been in different cultures and in bif- different lands where the, the hospitality is just off the charts. Okay? And I've been in other places where the door's shut, just to put it mildly. Well, what we have to do is create a culture that brings hospitality because, in fact, the one essence of Christianity is an invitation. Right? Christianity is basically, at its bottom level, an invitation to salvation. It's an invitation to God. It is a constant spirit of hospitality. Come to the Father. And so we have got to be a people who are hospitable and present an open invitation to all nations and all people. Would you agree with me this morning? Amen. So let's take a look at true hospitality. The sign of the cross is an invitation. Many times, in fact, I use it when I'm in in ministry, when I'm out among other denominations and other folks. When I'm doing a wedding or when I'm doing a funeral, whenever I pray, I pray as I was taught as a child in the Presbyterian church, I begin my prayers with, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right? Now that takes some of you back to the denominations you grew up in. But you know what it does? It invites every believer there, no matter what their denomination is, to come into that prayer. How many of you recognize that? Right? When I'm with a group of Protestants and Catholics, I say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I can identify the Catholics because immediately they go like this and they enter in. So I've just extended an invitation to all believers, didn't I? All right? And some of the Protestants are going like, what's that all about? (laughs) It is a sign of the cross, and the sign of the cross is an invitation. Let's remember that. We're to be hospitable to the world. We're to be giving an invitation to them regularly for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we gather together, I try to create a hospitable atmosphere and climate. And so when we're cross-denominationally, I'll use that phrase, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because that is the name of God. And it invites people in. The true sign of the cross is really how we treat others. So... You might sign yourself and people would identify you as Catholic or Christian, but the true identifying mark of Christianity is how you treat them. Not the pendant you wear on your neck, not the t-shirt emblem you have, and not the bumper sticker on your car, but how you treat people is the spirit of Christianity. And what we're supposed to do with them. And so we need to walk in hospitality. I want to share with you a verse, Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. I've heard stories of some of you that have entertained angels. You know it was an angel because of the things they said and did, and the next thing they're gone. But I find it interesting, isn't it? It's a little bit of a warning that the writer of Hebrews is saying. is saying, you know, you need to be hospitable, hospitable, hospitable to everybody because you don't know who you're entertaining. Now, I have to think about that for a minute. What does that matter? Well, you don't want to be rude to angels. Why not? Why shouldn't you be rude to angels? It's a good question, isn't it? Why are angels here? 
What does Hebrews say that angels are for? To minister, Hebrews goes on to say that they are ministering spirits to the saints of God. They're here to minister. Now who's going to be rude to an angel? So you better be kind to everybody, hospitable to everybody. But I also thought a little further on this is also angels, interestingly enough, go and seek out the climate of a congregation. Do you remember when Abraham was in the plains uh, out in the fields and a couple angels, three angels as a matter of fact, came to him and said, we're going on to the city over the hill here, Sodom and Gomorrah, to see how we're going to be treated. Angels go in to see how they're going to be treated. You remember in the book of Revelation how when Jesus was speaking to the angels of the church, now I don't know if he's talking about the specific pastors as angels, messengers, or if there are angels in the church. Could be. So if the angels here, how are we treating them? How, what's the climate? of hospitality in our church. Now when they got to Sodom and Gomorrah that was not a good climate. Right? Ezekiel says it was because of their hospitality that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. But don't let someone fool you with that. It's not just whether they were hospitable or not. It was the inhospitality that they were welcomed with that was over the top. They wanted to rape them. So but angels unawares, if angels are here evaluating the climate, and in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I know your deeds, Laodicea. I know your deeds, Philadelphia. I know this about you. I know that about you. Because there's angels and ministering angels that are messengers that are reading the climate of a church. Could be. I'm just putting it out there. So therefore, be careful how you treat one another. Because there's a report going on. And if we got our report on our hospitality, let's see, Christ Community Church. I got this as a fax the other day from heaven. I really don't need a fax from heaven because I, as I told you about three weeks ago, we had a, a new couple come into the church. This is a sad story. They came to sit down and you know what? The people said, oh, that's my seat. So they got up and they moved to another part of the church and guess what happened a second time? Another group of people said, I'm sorry, that's where I'm sitting. So guess where they ended up sitting? In their car. They drove away. Report from heaven. Hospitality of Christ Community Church. Let me see here. Right? You know what I'm getting at. Now that was a fluke. I know it was a fluke. That wouldn't happen today. It wouldn't happen right now. Right? Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Shift one seat over to your left. If you can't, go to your right. <laughs> Sit down. Have a seat. All right. How'd we do? Did that just blow your mind? Are you all messed up now? You changed seats. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do? How hard was that? Right? Was that silly? No, because it just, again, it, it literally caused people to leave this place. So we got something to work on, don't we? And so we're going to work on it. And I'm going to push you. All right. 
Now, what's interesting is in 1 Peter 4.9, it says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> hospitality invades your space. So we can grumble about it. I don't want to be nice to anybody. I'm not in a good mood. Well, we need to be good and hospitable as a command from Apostle Peter to show hospitality without grumbling. What you're going to find is in a house, there are three presents. There is the presence of God. And when I say in a house, I'm going to reference to a church. But in a church, people should come in and they should feel the presence of God. Wouldn't you want that in a church? There would be the presence also of the people, a social presence, a sense of welcoming. Then there's going to be an individual presence. That's you. And so what we want to cultivate in the church are these three presents. Now I believe, as I have heard a testimony over and over again, that there is a true presence of the Lord in this place. Because you are worshipers. You come to worship God. You express your worship to the Lord. We allow the flow of the gifts of tongues, interpretation, prophecy, ministry of the laying on of hands, of healing and the sick. There's a presence of the Lord. We're hungry for his presence. We invite his presence. And so people come in and experience the presence of God. But the second area we have to work on is a social presence. Do they feel welcomed? Because remember the cross is an invitation. And so we don't need to welcome them as Christians, just welcome them as people. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, yes, we need to be the Christians, but they don't have to be. You don't examine who's coming in to see, well, I don't know if they're a believer or not. Right? They may come in like the world. I mean, dressed uh, skimpy, immodestly. I don't know. They may have different color hair. They may have all sorts of paraphernalia on them. They may smell. They may do this. Should you still be hospitable to them? Yes, because there's a presence of invitation we must give them. We must give a presence of invitation. And socially we have to do that. Now, we've designed our services to do that. When I say our service, our worship services, we have two worship services. And how many of you remember, back in the day, we had a half hour in between those services. I don't know if any of you remember that. lasted for about a month. Because what we found out is a half hour in between, after the first service, it was like, all right, get out of here, get out of here. There's more people coming in. We had to switch for the second service, and, there were, and people at second service didn't know the people at the first service, and it was, just, it was like, get in, get out. What we recognized was there was a lack of social presence. So we extended the time between the services to an hour, and we started buying bagels and coffee. Why? To create a social presence, an invitation to meet us. And so what we do now is we have people who are lingering and staying around and coming downstairs. And people of second service come early so they can get a bagel and a, and a, a weird lemonade or coffee. <laughs> right? <laughs> We're known for weird lemonade. <laughs> At least it's not Kool-Aid. Sorry. Um, all right. I know, I couldn't help it. <laughs> Anyways. 
So what we're doing in our church renovation as well is we're going to eliminate this back wall in the hallway so that there's a gathering space so that the presence of God can be here and the presence of fellowship can be right outside here in a larger area and context as well as a welcoming area to the front end of this building. Why? It matters in invitation and hospitality. It matters. There's a reason we structure things. And last of all, then, there's the personal presence of you. How hospitable are you? I didn't come here to be hospitable. I came here to be ministered to. Well, any ministry that's happening to you should produce something from God that goes out. I understand some days are harder than others. Some are pretty rough. I understand that. And why you came here was looking for hospitality from someone else. So there are days you don't have it. But I would hope in a congregation this size, somebody does. And don't leave it to the pastors. Please. We're, we're as hospitable as we can as well as trying to make everything flow and run on a Sunday morning. So really the hospitality is with you, with us, all of us. So this is the presence we want to have. Now can I back that up with scripture? Absolutely. Let's look at Jesus. Jesus understood that there was different levels of hospitality for different buildings and structures. A lot of people would try to have you think and realize that, well, there shouldn't be churches. We just should all be in the house and just small gatherings. But Jesus honored the house. He honored the temple. As a matter of fact, you know, when Jesus went to the temple, what did he do once he got there? He'd minister and teach, but on a couple of occasions, two occasions, the beginning of his ministry, the end of his ministry, uh, he went into that temple. And you remember what he did? He made a whip of cords and he flipped over the money tables. Do you know why? You probably do, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> because he said, you made my father's house a den of thieves. Was Jesus honoring the father's house? Yes, because the presence of God was there, right? Uh, as a symbol and an image of Christ himself. Literally now, <laughs> the image of God is there. The presence of God was walking in its midst. But why did he get mad at them selling and uh, the sacrificial animals in that particular court? Because that particular court was called the court of the Gentiles. It was a place where the Gentile nations were supposed to be allowed to come and pray. Though the Jews could go closer to the Holy of Holies and to the holy place, nearer in the temple to God, there was still an outer court, the Gentile court, where those who were not Jews of the covenant could come and come to, into the presence of God. Jesus was upset because where the invitation to the people was now cut short for making money. He was upset because of the inhospitality. You've made my father's house a den of thieves instead of a place of prayer. This is where Gentiles are supposed to be able to come into the presence of God. Right? I don't want us to keep anyone outside of these doors. I hope, it's my prayer, that we become so uncomfortable with how many people are here that we have to get crazy hospitable. We just have to be so hospitable. Hospitable. I can't say this word. <laughs> but that's right. Hospitable, right? 
It just comes out of my mouth funny. I can't help it. Jesus also went to houses, didn't he? In fact, he got accused of going to particular houses. He said, you go to the houses where we righteous people don't go. You go, you let prostitutes in the house. You let sinners and tax collectors. You're going to go eat with Matthew and, and Levi, the tax collector. You're going to go in these places, right? And Zacchaeus, today I'm going to your house. What are you, crazy? But he went into the smaller settings to have a social hospitality with them. Inviting people over and connecting person to person. It's important. Look at we're commuting people. We commute here. Some of you live way that way, some that way, some this way and that way. We live all over the place. But we've got to make some connections. We've got to open our doors and our houses to people. We're losing this in the generation of texting and tweaking and twerting. That was a wrong one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, I don't think, all right. Honestly, I, that's an honest mistake on that one. We'll go on. All right. But what about Jesus also coming into open air situations where he's preaching to crowds outside? Really, the revelation and the invitation of God is in all creation. It says that the creation speaks of God's handiwork. All of creation is a flannel graph to tell the story of God. That comes down to you taking responsibility to invite people to God, whether you're in their house or not. So we've got a church where people can gather to the presence of God. We've got homes where we can go over and share God with people. And individually, wherever you're at, you can be hospitable with the love of Christ. Amen? The early church did the same thing. The early church came together at Solomon's Colonnade. And as they came to a public display of God's presence, you, they met there regularly. At the outside of the temple, there was a colonnade named after Solomon for his temple, and the church gathered there. And we read about it in the book of Acts. As they gathered there, the presence of God began to heal people, deliver people, and do all sorts of things. And so the church met publicly. Why? To invite people into the presence of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been hospitable and invited someone to church? Anybody? Oh, good for you. How many of you are here because you got invited to this church? Praise God. All right, good. Then that's great. That's what we're looking for, an invitation. An invitation. The early church would invite people to the presence of God. They also fellowshiped and had communion in their homes. So they would have an intimate response to people and invite them in, serving a meal and food. They also went into cities so that they could invite literally everybody to the presence of God. We look at evangelism as a task and a chore, but really it is simply living the cross. It is simply an invitation to Jesus. Every day, be hospitable to someone and invite them to Jesus' house. That's you. You house him. Invite them to know him. I found it interesting that as the disciples went into the different cities and they were not received, what did Jesus instruct them to do? Shake the dust off your feet. 
Now there's a rabbinical saying for that or sense about that and that is that if you shake the dust off your feet they rejected uh, God so leave them alone and move on. The attitude I get from it is don't labor over that. Move on and keep going. We're so worried about having our feelings hurt. They didn't accept Jesus. They didn't like me. They don't do this. Shake it off and keep moving. Right? Let's keep, there's a lot of people to invite. So you've been hurt before. Shake it off. Let's go. Let's get this party started. Let's get God invited to everybody. Amen? You with me? All right. Now how do you use a worship center like this? How do you use a building? We worship in it in the presence of God. We fellowship in it with reception and we instruct in it with small groups and people. That's why we're redesigning and configuring this building to present a center of worship, places of fellowship and also more rooms and classes for small group encounters. That as you've seen on the wall and the architectural renderings is the concept behind what we're doing. To fully engage this building as a place that is hospitable to the lost and an invitation to all to come, grow, and learn. Are you glad we have a plan? Are you glad that we're not just like, you know, doing what church does? Where's, there's strategy here. There's a divine purpose and strategy for what we're trying to accomplish. I, I hope you're behind that. I really do. I know you are because amazingly you raised $300,000 in 18 months. That's awesome. Amazing. So what is true hospitality? Well, let's look up the word hospitality in the Greek. It's philozenia or philozenia. The word philo is another word for love. Brotherly love. Philadelphia, right? City of brotherly love. Philio is a, is a word that means brotherly. And uh, the second word, xenia, is stranger. So hospitality in its Greek meaning means loving the stranger. Loving the stranger. Can I challenge us? If you can't love your brother, John said, right? How can you say you love God? Let me take it a step further. If we can't love our brother, how are we going to love the stranger? Right? So there should be crazy love here, brotherly love that is experienced one to another with hospitality so that when the stranger comes in to that invitation, they're received. Amen? We can't have a cold church. I don't think this church is cold, but I don't want it to grow cold. How about you? Right? So in other words, to have friends, you have to be a Friend, you have to be friendly. And some have come in here, a number of people have come in and said, you know, I've been here two years. I don't feel like I'm accepted. I don't feel a friend. And I need to encourage you. There are a lot of people here that you're thinking somebody else has befriended them. What about you? Befriend them. A true hospitality is loving the stranger. Right? I want it to be such a place that this church is known as loving a stranger. That when people come in, there is radical hospitality. But I'm not talking about hospitality that is a ministry. The ministry of hospitality. All right, whoever wants to be in the ministry of hospitality, sign up. You're going to be a greeter, an usher, 
right? We have greeters and ushers and deacons out in the hallway here. That their ministry is to be hospitable. I want it to go beyond a ministry. I want it to be a culture. Amen? You with me? I want it to be a culture of hospitality. That it's not your ministry that you put on a badge and now I'm hospitable. Hey, how you doing? Here's your bulletin. <laughs> Find a seat. Could you move out of the way? I'm in the ministry of hospitality. What do you want? I don't know. Check your bulletin. <laughs> it's got to go on being hospitable. Walmart has greeters. We've got to do better than that. Right? I mean, really, the lady at Walmart and at Myers is sometimes a lot happier than the greeters we got. Can I help you? But there's motivation behind it. Here, get its charge card. <laughs> How about, have you ever been to a place where the greeter is miserable? I, I'm not going to say where we went out to eat last night, but we went out to eat and literally the person at the front desk who was the greeter was leaning against the wall like this. <laughs> wow, Okay. This is the greeter. The service was even worse. But how many would say that about the church? Do you know what I mean? We've got the ministries, but it's not the ministries. It's the heart. It's the heart. And please, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about it, blaming one of our greeters or all that. I'm just using that as an example. We want to give from the heart. Some of us do have bad days sometimes. And, and we have to understand that. But you want something, not just a greeter at the door and then the service in the, in the place is lousy. Have you ever had that? Great receptionist, but your waitress was a, a real special person. <laughs> so we really have to understand what it means to be hospitable. And so what I want you to understand is that, number one, hospitality is inviting. It's inviting. And again, that is what Christianity is. We've made Christianity a theological debate instead of an invitation to Jesus. We make it an issue of we're right, you're wrong. How inviting is that? You don't have to prove Jesus right. He already knows he is. We don't have to win the debate every time. Can you simply invite someone into the presence of Christ in your life? You can get to the debate later and deal with them as a friend. But first of all, number one, hospitality is what? Inviting. Inviting. So if someone comes into your aisle and says, is there a chair for me? You would say, take mine. Yes. Amen? It's inviting. Right? I don't know. Where's the bathroom in this place? It's down the hall, but if you can't find it, let me show you. What? Yeah, really. Now some of you, I know, you're on your way to teach the five-year-olds or you've got to run over here to cut bagels or you've got to do this. I understand that when you've got some place to go and some place to be. But let's remember, number one aspect of hospitality is invitation, inviting. Number two, it serves sacrificially. 
We serve. You know that Jesus served, didn't he? He produced hospitality. And so he served us. Number three, hospitality by the Holy Spirit does three things. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus. Jesus does three things. He comforts, edifies, and exhorts. So we invite people by serving them and bringing them into the presence of Christ which comforts, edifies, and exhorts them. Did you get that? That is hospitality. Bottom line, it's the heart of Jesus. It's the heart of Jesus. And so it invites, it serves, and prophetically brings comfort, edification, and exhortation. It's an action, an attitude. True hospitality lives in the place where we put ourselves out. Maybe even out of your comfort zone. Maybe you become vulnerable. You don't have to have all the answers, but you can be a help. Amen? True hospitality is putting myself in another person's skin. Putting myself in their shoes. Knowing that coming into this place might be a little I don't know, strange. It might be unusual. Walking into a crowded hallway to find a place to sit down is intimidating. Sitting next to people you don't know, right? And so if you could begin to break the ice and say hello to people and communicate, that brings the spirit of Jesus, hospitality. Consider them as someone that the Holy Spirit invited into your sphere. Does that make sense to you? And that's hospitality. Thirdly, hospitality is from the heart. It's a conscious and intentional opening up of ourselves to make a stranger feel welcome. Romans 16.2, Paul said this concerning Phoebe. They said, welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. What did he mean by that? There's an expectation, isn't there? He said, Phoebe is going to bring this letter to you. Paul asked Phoebe to deliver the message that he wrote down to the Roman church, to deliver it to the Roman church. As she delivers it, he said, welcome her as is worthy of the saints. What do you think that means? Treat her as Jesus would treat her. Treat her with respect. Honor her. Now, that's unusual for the time period because how were women treated? They were pretty much second-class citizens. And isn't it interesting that Jesus so often invited women into ministry? Now, today you're going like, yeah, so he should. I know. Well, he's the one who made that happen. That's my point. In Judaism, women were not honored in that way in the presence of the Lord and in the synagogues and in the teachings. And here you've got a woman delivering the message, bringing it to the churches, and now honor being given unto women. Children were irregarded till they were a certain age. What did Jesus do with them? Bring the children unto me. Right? Welcoming, inviting. 
We need to be inviting people here. You're going to get uncomfortable if we begin to pray into this spirit of hospitality, the spirit of Christ. You're going to get uncomfortable. We're all going to get uncomfortable because those who have been uninvited so often are going to find a place they can come to. I, I think of uh, Brother Smith in the uh, Jesus movement. He just passed away. What's, what's his uh, uh, Calvary Chapel? Chuck Smith uh, from California, if you'll remember in the 70s, the Jesus movement, they had just renovated their sanctuary, put in new carpet, new pews, new everything, and all of a sudden there's this revival breaking out among the hippies in California. Marlo, I think you were one of them, weren't you? <laughs> I saw pictures. <laughs> But what began to happen is these hippies would come in barefoot, sitting around, sitting in the pews, putting their toes in the communion cup holes, and, and just like hanging out, sitting in the front floor. And the elders of the church were furious. We just renovated this place. Hey, no shoes, no service. Chuck Smith said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something happening here. Now, are we going to invite them in? Are we more worried about our carpet or souls? Comfort or the comforter, the Spirit of God? And because they broke through in a spirit of hospitality, the Jesus movement exploded. And people began to get saved and saved. And that church multiplied to many denominations around the world because a spirit of hospitality broke loose. It's a spirit of invitation. It's a spirit of welcome. Is it all right if we start getting uh, those who are of different lifestyles, different cultures, different hairdos? Huh? Is it all right if, if we get punk rockers? If we get, uh, uh, who's the... Uh, uh, Black, dark, goth. Is it all right if we get goth people here? Right? Folks who are trying to find a way out of uh, uh, gay and homosexual lifestyles and they come in and we're ministering the true gospel of Jesus' love to them to set them free. Is it all right if we get folks like that in? Is it all right if they sit next to you? Okay. Thank you. Good. I'm so happy then. I'm excited. This is going to be a blast. This is going to be cool. You're going to drive to church and go, I don't know who I'm sitting next to, but this is going to be amazing. God, give me a word. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 4.27, give no opportunity to the devil. Can I tell you something? Where most of the opportunity the devil takes is in the first five minutes of a worship service. People who are seeking God, seeking a church, coming into this place, and within the first five minutes, how they're treated will define whether they're gone or not. We give a foothold to the devil. We can't leave room for that. We have got to be hospitable at all times. We've got to remember that we welcome. We have a big welcome sign. Welcome to Jesus on us. So everyone you meet and greet. But that's not my personality. It's his. And his personality's in you. I'm a very quiet guy. I really am. I'm a shy, quiet guy. I am. I love my privacy. But when I am with people, I become an extrovert for Jesus. 
I have to give of myself for the Lord and to reach out. When I walk into a room, I have to say hello to everybody. Do you know why? Because people are offended when I don't. I've offended so many people by accidentally missing them in a crowd. I had one lady leave the church because on a Sunday morning when I was at the door greeting, I didn't say hello to her. About five or six years later, I was, I was minister, she came back to visit the church and I ministered to her and she said, I came back to work out this offense. What offense? What you did to me. I was like, what'd I do? And I, I very easily could repent of it because I was really ignorant of it. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean that. But all I'm saying is we've got to put ourselves out there. And when you're offended or someone else is offended, keep going. Keep moving on. This is what God wants us to do. He wants us to represent who he is. Build hospitality into your lifestyle. Faithfully and consistently love people in the love of God. Last of all, because as you represent Christ, you also represent this church. And this is that slogan we've developed, if you will. I am C3. I am Christ Community Church. You represent this church. Believe it or not, how you treat someone, one person that comes through these doors, they evaluate the entire church based on you. You are C3. You are. And be careful because it might be an angel. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Jesus, we invite the minister.